Hey guys, welcome to a segment of the Grind Never Stops podcast. This is your host, DJ Joe, coming to you live. And we know uh, this is a little late because uh, I really want to do an NBA playoffs preview. But uh, been a lot of busy uh, with Easter and all that. But uh, I'm finally here. And uh, unfortunately, yes, uh, I'm going to give out what my uh, recap, what my preview was, my predictions. So uh, let's start in the Western Conference. So the Suns against the Pels, I really had the Suns in five because I thought the Pels can steal one game. And uh, so I really thought the Ingrams, the CJ McCollum can step it up. Also, Jonas Valanciunas. So, guys, I'm going to preview what my predictions are, and I'll recap how it's going on now. So, I had the Suns in five against the Pels, uh, the Mavericks against the Jazz, and everyone knew how uh, Jason Kidd played Luka Doncic 40 minutes in the final game of the regular season. And that was, that was very stupid from the coach because now it's costing Luka Doncic and he's expected to return either game four or even game three because right now he's doubtful for game three. But I really think he'll come back for game five. But even before all of that, I still had the Mavericks winning in six games. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are playing the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I had the Golden State Warriors in six games because they just have the better matchup. Memphis and Minnesota. I really thought the Grizzlies could blow this out in six. In the Eastern Conference, I had the Miami Heat uh, beating the Hawks in six. Sixers and Raps. I really thought the Raptors could get the matchup, and I had Raps in seven. Milwaukee and the Bulls. I had... Uh, the Bucks in seven, and the Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets, and I had the Brooklyn Nets in five games. So let's go back to the Suns and Pels. So the Suns and Pels uh, play tomorrow night. Uh, it will be game three tomorrow in New Orleans. And this is bad news because Deep Books, one of the best players in the league today, uh, one of the the best player on the Suns team and in Arch. It's unfortunate that he's going to miss about two to three weeks, but I expect him to for sure miss the first round and probably come back in the late second if it's needed. Uh, but because for sure if they play the Dallas Mavericks or the Jazz, they need that help. But I think for the Pels, with how Jonas Valanciunas played in the first game, how Ben Ingram played in game two, how everyone did their role, even if they're not a superstar, they played real well in game two. And for the Suns, uh, they need more uh, Chris Paul. And I know that that joke with the referee, how with Foster refereeing, uh, the, the Chris Paul lost 14 straight playoff games. But let's not take that into consideration because that doesn't mean anything. But we'll talk about referees when we get to the Sixers and Raptors. But now with this, 
I think the Suns still can win this, and I can still think the Suns can win this in six games, because game three is going to be a huge uh, game for the Pels and the Suns, but I think it's a must wins for the Pels because they want to just steal back home advantage. So expect tomorrow night Ben Ingram, McCollum, and Jonas Valanciunas to play, to have a great start, especially will will be home. And for Zion Williamson, if Zion can return, I don't know if he'll return this round, but if he actually does return, I got the Pels winning the Suns even without D-Box. But uh, we'll see on what's going to happen. Next, the Dallas Mavericks play the Utah Jazz. And I like this uh, matchup. It's probably like close to even in regards to how both teams play. But as in superstars, obviously Jazz. But the Jazz, the, the dessert was right there given to them. And the Jazz weren't that hungry. So that's why they lost game two and they should have took advantage. But I think that one of the players for the Mavericks who haven't been playing well is Spencer Dinwiddie. But the one player that's been a huge impact for the Dallas Mavericks, not just this season or this playoffs, but at the end of last season is backup point guard Jalen Brunson who is a nice player to watch. He's been playing big minutes for the Mavericks. He's been playing big minutes, and he has he had a big 40-point outing uh, in game two uh, in Utah, and that was a huge game. And expect him to overload the Mavericks as well, but I expect Jazz to change the game plan, which gives a chance to Spencer Dinwiddie to make a statement uh, for game three. And that game three is happening tonight on NBA TV. Make sure to tune in that. And uh, right now, Doncic is still doubtful for tonight, but I don't think he is playing tonight because if he was, I would have known. But expect him to maybe play game four. But if the Mavericks win tonight, I don't feel that the Mavs should rush Doncic, but we'll see what's going to happen. So next, we got the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, right now, the Warriors are up 2-0. And this is was always going to be a no-brainer because the Golden State Warriors has been ho- always having the Denver Nuggets numbers. That's why it's strengths in numbers, baby. That's what the Golden State Warriors are. But I think the Warriors have, I think the matchup is just so horrible for the Nuggets because the only player that the Denver have interrelate to matchups and the only matchups the Nuggets are winning right now is the Joker, the nominee, the uh, uh, defending MVP. And he might win the MVP, but I don't think so. Uh, but probably, but this just matchup is so bad because without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., the Denver Nuggets are just not good enough. And I know the Denver Nuggets has had 
big wins this season. And it's just about Nikola Joker. Joker and I, I think it's too, too much of a load for Nikola Jokic to come back from because the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson is getting close to the form that we're used to be like used to see. And game three will be tonight as well on NBA on TNT. Make sure to tune in that one. But the Golden State Warriors is just Clay's back in his form. Draymond Green is slowly coming back the way he was playing at the beginning of the season. And Steph Curry is, he's expected to start tonight. And he's expected, and if he doesn't start, he's expected to play big minutes. And I think they don't need to rush Steph Curry, but you also don't want to give the Denver Nuggets chance to come back in this because the Denver Nuggets, you know what happened last season. They came back from the Jazz, from the Clips. So don't like don't give the Denver Nuggets chance. And let's move on. So for the Memphis Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, and I think this matchup is also close to the same thing uh, because for the Grizz, you know, you got Ja, but then you got a bunch of players. They're not scrubs, but they're role players. But I don't think they got. Like, Jaron Jackson Jr. might be good defensively, but offensively, he's not a huge impact. And I still feel the Grizzlies, even though they won a lot of games, more than 50 games, I don't think they're still a contending team, even being a second seed. And this is no hate on John Morant. This is not hate on Canadian Marshawn Brooks. It's no hate. It's just... They're not that good just yet for playoffs. And you know, playoffs, it's all about having great players who can get it done. And I know they blew up the Timberwolves in game two, but I don't think the Timberwolves are not going to play the way they play. Because they got, I still think, even of a seven seed, standings don't matter, but I think the Timberwolves just have the better veteran presence. They have better players that can get it done on any night. Because for the Timberwolves, you can go D-Lo can go off any night. Edwards can go off any night. Patrick Beverly, not Beverly, can go off, but he plays good defensively. And they got Carl Anthony Towns who can go off at any night. But for the Grizz, the only player that could possibly go off is John Morant. All these other players... And don't disrespect to Steven Adams uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr., but they just don't have that it factor, which that can go off at any moment. And this is what hurting them. And I still think the Grizz should have got someone from the trade deadline because right now I don't think so. They can maybe they can beat this team, this Minnesota team. But I don't think they match up with the other teams. But that's it for the Western Conference. And for the Eastern Conference. So the Miami Heat are up on the Hawks 2-0. And they play uh, game three tomorrow in Atlanta. And that will be on ESPN. And I think the Hawks need... And I think Clint Capella is a huge loss for the Hawks. But I still think that 
Even Trey Young had a great game too. But the Hawks defensively played better, but you cannot let Jimmy Butler score 45. It just cannot happen. So I think defensively, even without Capella, I still think they can beat this Miami Heat team. Because it was only Jimmy Butler playing. All the other players, yeah, they shot here and there. But Jimmy Butler was the only one that was getting it done on both ends of the floor. But the Hawks are not an eighth-seeded team just like that. Yes, they beat the uh, like they beat the Lamalo's team, but. That's not the only reason. Trey Young is top five in scoring, top five in assists, in three-point shooting percentage. And Jason Collins need to play much better and need to take over because Clint Capella is out. And Jason Collins just came back from injury. But we need more from not just Trey Young because Trey Young did have a disgusting game one that was horrible. And obviously, game two, he stepped up big time, but it wasn't enough as they lost to the Miami Heat. So expect the Hawks to come out firing. And for the Miami Heat, they should continue what they've been doing is running through uh, the pick and roll with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. And Bam hasn't had, a, didn't have a great game in game two, but expect him to be more into aggressive into the offense for game three uh next we're gonna talk about the milwaukee bucks and uh the chicago bulls and uh, before we talk about game two i think losing chris middleton with the uh with the injury is gonna be tough to swallow for the bucks because even with chris middleton even though they won game one that wasn't a great game by the bucks because they blew a huge lead. The Bulls actually took a leading game one, and the Bucks won at the end. But I don't think the Bucks are playing like a championship team, like a defending championship team. They need to play better. And I don't know why <clears throat> Chris Middleton took, like, two shots in the first period. That is not the way it's supposed to be. And we need more from Drew Holiday. We need more from, and I understand Bobby Porter's got injured in game two, but we just need more from these guys. And I know Giannis had 30 and 12, but you're not going to win having 33 and 12. You're a through-time MVP. You cannot just score 33 points and grab 12 boards or have nine assists. No, you got to go more. And I know the Rosen was on fire, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're at home in game two playing a six-seeded Bulls who was like 0-16 against uh, division rivals. Uh, they were like 1-18 against teams over 500. So I think they should have took advantage of that, but the Bucks are not playing like a championship team. I'm sorry, but that's not the way you play. That's not the way you come a year after winning the title. <clears throat> so I think the Bucks need to play better in game three because now they have to because Chris Middleton might not even return for game three and might not even return for this 
couple rounds. So we don't know what's going to happen as he has to make some tests uh, for his MRI. So we're going to see about that. But this is a game three is going to be a big game by Giannis and Drew Holiday because for sure Chris Middleton will not suit up for game three, which is tomorrow on ABC. So we need more from Giannis under the combo. We need more from Drew Holiday and the other guys because the other guys, the Connaughtons, the Portis, the Allens, did not show up in any of the games. And for the Bulls, sky's the limit. The Bulls need to go back on how they played in game two, how they played in the second half in game one, because you saw how the Rosen was killing it. And I think they need to run through Damar and have Vooch make Giannis guard the ball handler. Because Giannis, if you watch the game last night, every time Nikola Vucevic sets a screen for uh, the defender, which is Giannis most of the time. But Giannis, when he switches, he's not going to guard up Giannis under the compo up top. Because with Portis injured, with Middleton gone, and Brook Lopez is not a rebounding big anymore. So I think Giannis needs to step up because Vooch had the time of his life behind the arc in game two. And overall, everyone played well for the Bulls. Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Vooch, Zach Levine. Obviously, the Rosen scored 41. And the Bulls almost lost that game, but the Rosen was on fire, and they kept going to them. And as I say, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. So the Bulls will have uh, some huge jump because they will be at the United Center. They will be in the playoffs for the first time since Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose was on that team. And Wayne Wade and Rondo. That's the last time they made the playoffs for the Bulls. And I think the Bulls are going to be, I'm going to play good. I think they will win game three and game four the way they've been playing in game one and in game two, especially on ABC on Friday night in Chicago. It's going to be a nice game to see. But I got the Bulls winning these home games. But Giannis just got to make his name and show you're the two-time MVP. Or you're the three-time MVP. You're the best player in the league. You got to show it. But playing the way your team played last game, when you couldn't take over on both ends of the floor, that's where you will not become a great player. So that's why Giannis need to play defensively and offensively 10 times the way he played in game two. Next, we got the Boston Celtics and the struggling Brooklyn Nets. So for the Celtics, one thing we've got to mention is Marcus Smart, congratulations, Marcus Smart. You know what? Even though I hate Marcus Smart because the way he plays, but the way he plays is a good thing because he plays great defensively. And as a Celtics up 2-0 going to Brooklyn, and with Kyrie struggling from the floor, both ends, 
with Kevin Durant struggling to hit shots, I think the Celtics have this in the bag, and Kyrie needs to have a big game in game three, and so did Kevin Durant, but because this is all about Kyrie, with all the fans and all that shenanigans that happened in the first couple of games in Boston, I think Kyrie needs to stop like worrying about what fans are saying and stop with all that drama stuff and just play basketball because that's because that's hitting Kyrie Irving. It's bothering Kyrie. But Kyrie needs to step up like a man and just ignore all that talk outside and just play basketball. Because this is game three. This is going to be a must win for the Nets because you don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. And with Ben, we'll talk about Ben Simmons in just a moment, but KD and Kyrie need to play much better. And you saw how Dragic had a huge game, how Brown had his playoff career high. and But that all went to waste because Kyrie did not do nothing. KD was struggling. And when you're double, triple teaming KD, you should have... Kyrie having a great game, but Kyrie was not aggressive in the first half, and that which cost him late in the fourth, and just so much turnovers. The Nets need to take care of the ball much and better. But that's good news for the Nets because Ben Simmons is expected to make his Brooklyn Nets debut. His first time he'll be playing in the game since last year. Garbage game seven in round two gets the Hawks. And that will be a huge plus because Ben Simmons is a monster defensively. And that way, Ben Simmons can handle the ball and let KD and Kyrie run through screens, cut, and all that plays that they can run. That's what it's going to be a huge jump. And I wish Simmons could play for game three. But they never said that he was never going to play game three. <clears throat> As Steve Nash said, said it's <clears throat> all about Ben Simmons. He will decide. And for the Celtics, oof, they've been playing well. And the thing that no one's talking about, <clears throat> even though Celtics won too, is how Jason Tatum playmaking skills are, were put to the test. He had eight assists in game one. He had 10 assists in game two. And Jalen Brown take over in the second half. So I think for the Celtics, you haven't seen Tatum go off just yet. Yes, he had a big game in game one. But I think the Celtics could steal this game three and finish the Nets. But it's all about Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and Williams was having a great game off the bench. And I think the Nets need to pay attention because that bench for the Nets when they had that huge run late in the third and most of the fourth would cost cost the Nets the game. So I think the Celtics need to continue what they're doing. And for the Nets, they need to stop turning over the ball. And now... We're going to talk about the series that I've been watching. Well, I've been watching every 
playoff games, but especially this one where the Raptors are down 0-3 to my Sixers. And these are my teams. Obviously, I'm cheering for the hometown team, the Raptors, but for the Sixers, that's my team. But it's just the playoffs is just about like playoffs is not just about refs because this how MB has been playing. Yeah, he's been beasting. He had that huge shot in in game three, <clears throat> but game one, <clears throat> the guy shot five for fifty, right? And wasn't that great? But if you erase Joel Embiid's free throws, game one, game two, game three, he would average eighteen points a game. So I think it's just. There's too many ticky-tack fouls. And I know Raptors are reaching <clears throat> and are not playing well. But I think there's too much fouls being called. And the refs have been picking because literally MB is close to averaging more free throws than the Toronto Raptors. And I know James Harden is not having the, the playoff that everyone want him to have, but because they've been playing great D on James Hart. And, but Joel Embiid, I know everyone's saying, oh, he's MVP, he's beasting. He is the MVP. He is beasting. But the fouls you saw last night when Fred Van Fleet, 6'2", uh, like, what is he, 160 pounds, put a hand on Embiid, and Embiid, 7 foot, 260 pounds, fell off and flew. And you call that a foul. And there was times where Fred Van Fleet got hacked. Siakam got hacked. Uh, Achua, Trent. And there was a lot of just calls where at the beginning, well, the Raptors were getting them calls. But, you know, it doesn't matter what the first half. It's all about the fourth quarter. And the fouls that the refs were calling against the Raptors were just so disrespectful because it's all about every time MB drives, it's a foul on every time. And there was a lot of time where the uh, Sixers were driving in the lane and it was getting foul, foul. Game two, that was just a big mess. Game one as well, but game two, Joel Embiid had 13 free throws in the first quarter. So I think the refs need to start treating the Raptors fair. But that won't change the way, what I'm, the things I'm going to say. Because the Raptors are not playing the way they've been playing all season long. And yes, game four is tomorrow uh, on Saturday afternoon in Toronto on TNT. But Fred Van Fleet did not have a great game. He wasn't that aggressive last night. Pascal Siakam had zero points in the second half in overtime. Like, and yes, they don't have Scotty Barnes, and I, and I know that Barnes will play in a must-win game four, and I think the Raptors will win game four, and that will maybe give them a jump to maybe steal game five, win game six, and force a game seven, but that's a long run because Pascal Siakam did play well game one and game two stats wise Fred Van Fleet played bad in game one 
played bad in game three. Game two, first half, amazing. But second half, trash. Like, Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam need to play much, much better because they're not going to win game four without Pascal and Freddie. And Gary Trent stepped up in the, he stepped up in game three, but it wasn't enough. And I think Barnes returning, I think he could help with the Embiid and the Harden pick and roll. So I think the Barnes returning will be a huge jump. But I expect the Raptors to win game four for the fans. Uh, but I don't see, I don't see them not. I, I see them losing as well because it's all about Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. Everyone needs to play their role. And for the Sixers, Maxi have been playing a wonderful uh, playoff, and he needs to continue if they want to sweep the Raptors. But Embiid's been doing his thing, but I just, even though Embiid's my favorite player, I still think just with fairness, I think Embiid has been getting a lot of calls when uh, it should have been not fouls. But we'll see what's going to happen in game four. But, uh, guys, that's it about my plus preview and uh, the recap so far. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Uh, uh, we'll do a recap of tonight, as you guys all know. Uh the games that are happening tonight. Uh, the Timberwolves are playing the Grizzlies, game three. Uh, game three as well, the Mavericks and the Jazz. And the last game of the night will be the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. But guys, thanks for tuning in to the segment of the Grind Never Stops podcast. This is your host, DJ Joe. And make sure to, to like and subscribe down there. Uh, Share on YouTube as we're close to 400 subs. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we got our boy Ray Lunquist running our Twitter feed. And we also got Scott running our Instagram feed. So uh, thanks for them for the help. But thanks for all my supporters. And you can always donate to the GoFundMe page. Uh, we always would like to use that extra cash for a podcast to get better equipment and uh, better uh, futures for our podcast. And uh, also, I you can also get our merch. The link will also be in the description. And uh, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the Grind Never Saw podcast. This is your host, DJ Joe. And have yourself a good night and happy, happy late Easter. Mamba. Out.